Greetings, friends! Welcome back to another spooky episode of the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we take the movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, here with a brief introduction before today's uh, satanic episode, satanic panic episode. You'll have to decide yourselves. Guys, it's official. We're on Patreon. That's right, patreon.com slash Pod. The best way to support the show, the best way to make the show exactly what you want and deserve. We have a huge Patreon library over there, and every month you get a vote on the movies you would like to add to said library. You can get a feature-length commentary. We have our new miniseries, Tales from the Griff, right? A deep dive into every episode of Tales from the Crypt coming out next month. Uh, And if you like us enough and you support, you can even have us record a double feature that you yourself get a program. So we're working very hard to make sure that it's worth your time and money to some come support us. For those of you who already do, thank you. For those of you who are about to, at patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod, thank you as well. It means the absolute world to us. Uh, go to YouTube, subscribe to Film Alchemist if you want to see some of these talks, see our faces, make sure that we're not creeps pretending to be who we're not, right? You can email the show filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. We're on all the socials you're on. We're doing it. We're cool. We do our thing over there. Uh, and make sure you leave five-star ratings and reviews wherever you find the show. Thank you in advance. All right. Enough business. You guys have heard the business 31 times in a row, right? This is a lot. We know the business. What we're here for is a good time. And almost no episode this month was more fun than our chat about Ty West House of the Devil with our new friend, Gory Corey. Uh, Corey might be the youngest person we've had on the podcast, except for my sons. They they came and talked Godzilla versus King Kong, I think, briefly. Um, so I felt old. But then immediately, Corey gave me life, man, and, and reinstated my youthful vigor uh, with her wonderful, enthusiastic energy. She was kind. She was brilliant. We had so many laughs talking about this movie. Uh, Corey was an absolute breath of fresh air. I was so glad that we finally got to meet her. As you'll hear, she's uh, wonderful, interesting, and insightful. My greatest hope, right, if I had a wish I could ask of the Wishmaster, my greatest hope is that someday Corey will be coming back to talk to us about a movie that she herself got to create, right? Uh, That's what I wish for our young film student friend. Corey, you were the best. Thank you for making the time. We appreciate it so much. Thank you for picking this wonderful movie. I'm so glad we finally got to talk about. So go in the show notes and details. Find and support Gory Corey's work. Uh, wherever she has it. And without further ado, The House of the Devil, with our new friend, Gory Cory. All right, guys, welcome to the show today, our new friend, Gory Cory. Uh, Would you be so kind as to introduce yourself, where people can find your work, and the movie you picked for today? Yeah, I'm Gori Corey. I am a teen horror blogger, filmmaker, um, and I am the teen correspondent for Fangoria, and I am also the co-host of the Scream Teens podcast. I run a horror blog, GoryCorey.com, where I talk about all things horror, mostly social justice within horror. And um, I'm currently a sophomore at Emerson College studying film. Nice. You're making me feel very lazy with all of your, your <laughs> many things you're doing. <laughs> no, it's 
Yeah. It's all stuff that I like just started because I no one wanted to hear me talk about horror movies at home. So I had to, We've all I been had to there. get on Twitter yeah. for it. Yeah. I feel you. Well, I also microwaved some Legos this morning, so we're both busy people. Perfect. Uh, yeah. We'll start from there. Yeah. Uh, would you like to introduce the amazing movie that you chose for today? Yes. Um, so the movie I chose was the 2009 classic The House of the Devil by Ty West. Amazing. Um, Recently, I chose it specifically because Ty West obviously, obviously has been getting a lot of recognition right now with Absolutely. X and Pearl, and rightfully so. He's an incredible director. But once those movies came out, I kept asking everyone. I was like, so, of course, like, you've seen House of the Devil. And they were like, no. And House of right? the Devil is still probably my favorite Ty West film. Yeah. So I really feel like we need to we need <laughs> to talk about this movie more. It's really, it's just such a beautiful throwback to, like, classic horror of like the 70s and 80s and it's so much fun and it really shows like ty west's love for the genre it's really nice yeah i i agree this is my favorite ty west movie by like miles right not that his other ones are great like i thought pearl was oh, phenomenal yeah. i loved x amazing this one to me is just such a it's such a competence not the right word right it's it's so laser focused on what yeah. it wants to present and it doesn't ever bow or cave to what you would expect this kind of movie to do yes. right it really had a specific kind of vision that it wanted to do and it just holds the line um mm -hmm. i i was i read a review on letterbox right and they said whore at its most patient uh and i was like that might be the most so perfect true. description of this movie oh no honestly yeah this movie really reminds me of like the way in, in the same way that like the love witch kind of came out of nowhere and mm -hmm. so perfectly portrayed what it wanted to and had such incredible characters and, and production design and just everything about it was so like tight and perfect. Mm -hmm. and this is exactly the same. Like it's yeah. just exactly what it needs to be. Yeah, I knew I was in good hands when the title card pops up, right? Yes. And the church is in the background. So I was like, good. oh, hell yeah. <laughs> You're like, hell yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was right on. But that's, I think this is, because everyone I know who's ever seen this movie really loves it, right? Yeah. And I was stunned today because I remembered it as this ultra slow burn kind of movie. I was so impressed today at how much it keeps the tension going the whole time, right? There is yeah. this this theory. You're, you're you know, young screenwriter, right? So I'm sure you've heard that, you know, every eight to ten pages scares. Something mm -hmm. horrible has to happen. Something has to happen quick. Yeah. And this movie just says we're okay, going to yeah. eschew that. And in, in a way, because the filmmaking is so potent. I think it just lets the dread build to this almost exponential level. So when we do get something and it's never in jump scare format, right? When we do finally see something and we know that she doesn't know there is this kind of avalanche effect that the movie does. So even though there are long stretches where you're not having a scare per se, when they do, there's such a punctuation mark. Yeah. Well, and it really presents it almost in like a, in a very realistic way because mm -hmm. it really feels like you're there with her yeah. And, you know, the scares aren't just for the scare factor. Like, they right. feel like they could actually be happening. Yeah, well, there's that wonderful scene, right? Because we get this long segment of her kind of, you know, dancing around the house, right? <laughs> Exploring the setting, right? She's trying to not get bored. Understandable. There's this great scene where she's starting to get a little scared, right? Mm -hmm. And she's, you know, about to open a door upstairs. She thinks this is the old lady she's babysitting, right? And she just, you know, hello, is anyone in there? Is everyone okay? And we see inside the door, right? And I feel like in another filmmaker's hands, right? Or if this had studio notes per se, this would have been like, you got to hammer this. But instead, yeah. we just see these bodies splayed out. We see a bloody pentagram, right? Mm 
So as an audience who's paying attention, you know that something really nefarious happened, right? But I feel like this is one of those moments where a lot of people would be like, the body has to like jump at her, right? Like that yeah. moment in seven, right? Something like that has to happen, but it just sits and holds. And then when we cut back to her just walking away, like everything's okay, get a grip. It's we, so sinister. It's so sinister. And I, I think that's the wonderful thing, right? It's it's this, it just lets it kind of infect your mind and just grow and grow. And it, I don't know, I, I didn't find it as slow burn as I had remembered. What do you think? About no, that? yeah. And I think like, I don't know. I think the, the way that it's able to keep up this mystery element mm -hmm. to it, the whole time you're just trying to figure out what's happening. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what keeps it, being so terrifying even in the moments yeah. where scares aren't happening yeah no i agree because there's this great kind of device they set up at the start of the film right in the opening scene which is d williams says it twice maybe even three times and i was like all right that's important she keeps saying <laughs> it is um you know i always trust my gut and it never yeah. fails me and then the rest of the movie is us watching this young lady refuse to trust her gut yeah and just keep telling herself to get a grip and i think that element of how she gaslights herself right mm -hmm. i think this is something i've been picking up a, a lot in horror movies as i get older is the amount that people are just like don't fuck my day up like don't bring anything else into my life let's just pretend everything's fine let's look yeah. the other way because no one wants the house of the devil so day. real <laughs> like so of course real. of course you would do that if you were she's what she's like 19 20 mm -hmm. like you know she doesn't babysit that much she doesn't know what's going on mm -hmm. she has no idea yeah she, she just wants weird, to get out like, of her dorm with yeah. this nightmare roommate. Yes, which <laughs> so real. <laughs> okay, so when my wife and I, we went to different colleges when we first got out of high school, right? We were going to spread our wings, and then we came back together. But I went to visit her, and she had this roommate, and she's like, I'm telling you, my roommate's the scariest person. I was like, ah, come on. This lady, I swear, she would sit with a blanket over her and over her tiny TV, right? Oh, and wait, we I would, love that. And we'd just be like, hey, what's up? And she'd go, ugh. She wouldn't talk. She would just grunt. And then every now and again, she would reach out. And I don't know. I thought it was like a werewolf thing. Her forearm had the most hair I've ever seen. And so I was like, is she transforming? Is she okay? Like, And she just would grunt and like howl at us. What if she was? What if she was actually Well, that's what I said. Because I told Amy, I was like, we got to get the fuck out of here. And she's like, no, she's fine. She's just standoffish. And I was like, that's a really nice way to put it. So as we're sleeping, I like made sure that my head was facing the door. So I was like, we're young. I was like, I think I love you, but we're not like, You're like that we're serious. You're getting out of here. Yeah. I was like, if I wake up and your roommate's trying to chew on one of us, I'm running. <laughs> I wasn't as chivalrous back then, but I was like, this is fucking scary. Yeah. So I totally understand her. I got to get the fuck out of here. Right. And this is one of those things, right? It continually is red flags. Everything yes. we see, right? The jankiest babysitter uh, flyer. Oh. The last tab doesn't even have the phone number on it. She calls. The guy stands her up. Right. Mm-hmm. And then she gets to the house and he's like, you know, oh, I lied to you. It's an old lady, not a kid. And she's he, like, great. <laughs> this I mean, this this is one of those brilliant, like next level filmmaking things, right? Tom Without a Noonan scare. Like, the way that he. The best. Oh, it is so scary. It is yeah. so terrifying. We don't talk enough about Tom Noonan as like a scream king. Yeah. Right. Because him and this and Manhunter, he's pretty scary in last action here. He's just a great, great he's actor. So scary. Frankenstein and Monster Squad, right? Yes. Like he's the man. Um. But his movements, right? Because he has this really kind of genteel, polite mannerisms, right? And the way he talks. Yeah, you see him, you're like, that's a really dapper man. I kind of yeah, like him. Yeah, you're like, him. oh, what a nice guy. He's having yeah. a rough night. But then that scene when he's like, can I talk to you in the other room? When he gets up out of that chair, you're like, you got to get the fuck. I was with Greg yeah. Gerwin. I was like, you got to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. 
And then he's like, oh, 400 bucks for one night and just drops it. And it's like, ye- well, I, I thought about that, too, because I was like, so you don't have the money to pay both of them, but you have the money to pay $400 to one yeah. person. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Red flags, right? Red flags. Yeah. But it's kind of this brilliant conceit, right? Because it is the great American truism, right? Is that mm-hmm. money talks, yeah. right? Is that there's so little that most of us will do or won't do if the money is correct. Yeah. And she just is like, because she has that fucking heartbreaking line, right? When Greta Gerwin's like, you're breaking the fucking plan. We said if they're mm-hmm. creepy, we'll leave. Um, And she's just like, you know, this one life is, this one night gonna is going to change. change my life. Yeah. And, and as an did. audience, you're just like, oh, no, we know what that means. <laughs> I mean, she was right. Like She was did. absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I thought that interplay between her and Greta Gerwin was a really Greta Gerwin was work. incredible in this movie. Did I, is it Gerwig? Did I say Gerwin? Oh, yeah. No, you're good. I'm um, a notoriously bad name person. No, <laughs> so totally thank you. <laughs> but yeah. Um, but like, because I... <laughs> When I first watched this movie, I think it was 2019. So it was like, mm-hmm. like Lady Bird had come out and I, Greta Gerwig was like the female director of the time. Yeah. So I was watching this movie. I was like, this is Greta Gerwig. Like, because yeah. I didn't know, I didn't know that she was yeah. an actor when I had first seen this. And I was like, wow, she's really yeah. good. Um, and it was kind of just like really cool to see her in mm-hmm. such a small, um, low budget horror film. Like, I yeah. really hope she I hope she makes something like this because it would be really cool. But um, it would be awesome, right? Because to us, my wife perfect. saw Francis Ha. Yeah. It was like immediate and my wife doesn't do this a lot, right? She's not like a big like consumer of media. And she watched it and just goes, Get in here, you're watching this with me again. And like loved it. Aww. So to me, she was Francis Ha. Mm-hmm. I totally forgot she was even in this movie. Yeah. When I turned it on to I was like, is that fucking Greta Gerwin? Like, what the <laughs> fuck? It's so weird too because you look back at it and like Lena Dunham is like the 911 operator. Like there's so really? many Yeah, there are so many people in this movie that are you're just kind of like, wait, hold on. Like, who is that? Yeah. Um, that kind of like slipped past you, but it's really amazing. Yeah. No, it's it's wonderful. But that that this is kind of the secret weapon of the movie, right? Is how much we know. And they'll never yeah. know, right? It's it's kind of Hitchcockian in that way. Totally. Um, obviously in a very different lane than what he was doing. But <laughs> there is this this theory, right? Of It's so fucking sad when at the end you're like, Greta kind of doomed her, right? When she went back and ripped all the flyers off. Yeah. She chose to let her, go, let her stay when she was there. Um, I think those little touches in the movie is that when you're watching a movie called House of the Devil you don't have to show the devil all the time it's fucking implied in our mind that he's in there somewhere yeah Yeah. and so watching greta just walk through that and lead her to slaughter it was extra heartbreaking to me today it was really because you could tell that like greta's character cared so much about her and was really trying to get her to leave Mm -hmm. and sam was like no and you know what could she really have done to to fix it like it was really really hard to watch and that the scene where um it's i think it's their son like just cuts her throat open like immediately mm-hmm. that scene i think about that scene like once a week at least it's so crazy Brutal. well because one it's like <laughs> i used he to be a smoker with... <laughs> yeah i used to be a smoker and it's like just fucking keep driving right you already have the yeah. heebie-jeebies keep fucking mm-hmm. driving you can smoke while the window's down and you're driving right she stops in a cemetery and this fucking hand reaches out with a zippo I know, and and it's, it's like, like oh, what it's like the Megan, fuck? you know better. <laughs> you know better. But this is the thing, right? It gets back to this kind of mindset, right? Of 
we I think everyone in their mind is like, I can't be in a horror movie, right? Like, I'm not in a horror movie. I'm not a character in a horror movie. And most of us are those first act kills, right? Like, we would just be like, no, no. And then we'd get got. She doesn't think it's weird. And then as she smokes her cigarette and she's kind of being nice, she like her eyebrows furrow, right? And she's like, where the fuck did you come from? And the the line, it's such a fucking awesome moment. Again, just these punctuations of violence and horror. When he's just like, wait, are you the babysitter? She's like, no. Yeah. And just that splatter on the windshield. Oh, my God. And it's like, what the fuck? And then he just slowly gets in the car, stops it, and smokes her cigarette that he lit for her. It is. That's as good so, as it gets. <laughs> it's literally perfectly executed. Perfectly. And the car, when the car starts rolling, it's just, it's so unsettling. Yeah. And he does Our it camera when, is where the head used yeah. to be. Right? <laughs> like, it's fucking brilliance. And he just does it like it's so normal. So you can really see how like horrendous this family is. But oh my God. It's like you kind of have to you kind of have to be like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> they are really committed to their religious beliefs. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. I don't them agree. A bit of respect for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I respect your commitment to the cause. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then because that I thought that was just like this brilliant kind of shutting down act one, right? Well, that like that really shows you how bad of a situation she's in because you knew it was bad you just didn't know mm-hmm. what was going on and now you're like oh okay yeah yeah he's dead for sure yeah it's it's a lot right and then we get to this kind of it's something that i think bothered people when it came out right this long just her kind of walking around the house mm-hmm. segment i think it's actually this kind of brilliant choice the film makes right is it lets us just sit and stew in this ultra violent moment yeah. we just saw I think if you go back to the house, right, and then things are jumping out at her left and right, I think you lose the best element of this movie. What do you What do you make of this segment of the film? Well, I think it's it's something that you kind of sit there the whole time and you're like, why is she not getting killed right now? Why isn't why why aren't like uh, things jumping out at her? And so you really have to start thinking about why they brought her to the house in the first place. You know, it's right. something to do with the eclipse. You know that like probably some kind of satanic ritual is going on, but you're just not sure like yeah. what what specifically they want from her. And you're just watching her go through this amazing house. Like it's really yeah. the production design is incredible and it's so you clear out the Satanists, that's a keeper, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> and um and yeah, so I think it really just like you were saying, it makes you kind of sit there and stew for a while and really I feel like that really builds the intensity of it mm. because you're just waiting and waiting. And that's so much more suspenseful than anything actually happening to her, which is yeah. kind of like, I mean, that's a thing in my film classes that we talk about a lot within building suspense and horror is like, you have to make things not happen for a while. Yeah. Not everything can be scary. And um, so, yeah, it's really a amazing choice. And it also, again, like it feels real. Like you mm-hmm. feel like you're going along with her through this house and trying to figure out what's happening. Cause yeah. like I was thinking about this and I was like, <laughs> yeah, like if I were babysitting, this is exactly what I would do. You know? <laughs> I mean, if it were me again, like at the college roommate, I would just have my chair right by the front door ready to get the fuck out of there. At the- <laughs> yeah, I'm the type that's like sitting, watching TV, like not going to move from the couch. Yeah. Oh, is that a, <laughs> my father-in-law had this great, like, perspective changing moments me right so him and my mother-in-law came over and she was fucking furious right and i was like what happened because we had a tornado warning the night before right like a tornado touched down near them and she's like we we heard the sirens and the alerts and he wouldn't get out of bed right so she went and hid in their little tornado thing and he just stayed in bed and she started yelling at him she's like what the fuck and he's like 
what am I going to do? Outrun a tornado? Like, if I'm going to die, I want to die asleep and happy. And I was yeah. like, you know what? That's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. So well, now in I'm my like, bed, I'm like, I'm unhauntable because I'm like, the ghost is like making sounds. I'm like, come get me or this no, is over. Exactly. <laughs> that's like, that is my, my, like, that is my go to theory is like, because people in horror movies, like, they hear a noise and they get out of bed and they're yeah. like, what was that? No, no, no. You, <laughs> Let me walk through you, the house with no lights on. No, no, no. <laughs> you good. pretend you're asleep. You, you do not hear, you do not see anything. Yeah. Like, you don't notice anything out of the ordinary. Yeah. Nothing can get you. Yeah, it's like an improv class. You don't yes yeah. and a ghost. You, know what I mean? exactly. you shut that shit down. Exactly. You don't let that ghost, happen. Yeah, the ghost wants attention. Don't give it attention. Exactly right. It feeds on that, right? So, <laughs> but yeah, I I thought this was a really cool set. Again, not I know this is the second Hitchcock in one episode, but that was his his line, right? Is that yeah? It's the two people talking at the table is one thing. It's a movie scene when the bomb is under the table, right? That that anticipation of the countdown of the bomb is what's really driving that forward, right? And that's what this movie does, right? She finds a picture of a family. Doesn't look like the family she's seen, right? <laughs> they are in the same car that he drove away in. All right, that's weird. So we see her again. Get a grip, get a grip. She's just shutting down these fucking yeah. things that we know she should be running towards, right? <laughs> and we get these small moments of horror, right? Like when the the delivery, the pizza delivery guy is the fucking murderer. Yeah. And again, it's so brilliant because nothing happens. Yeah. But in well, our minds... Know. They're like, no, run, God, no, don't eat that fucking pizza. <laughs> and it's, I think that that to me is really impressive storytelling, right? Is mm -hmm. when, one, you can accomplish that with so little, but two, that you have the the artistic fortitude to forego the more obvious kind of moments, right? I have to imagine that somewhere along the line, someone's like, we need something here. Like, we got to yeah. pick this up a little bit. And they just, Ty West just remained focused on the kind of movie he was making and you just don't see this kind of movie very no. often. It's incredible. And I think like, especially with that pizza scene, like in the beginning, they tell us that this is based on a true story, which yeah. is so unsettling because then you start to think about like, well, what do I not know about my pizza delivery guy? Like, <laughs> like, like, it is kind of weird, anyone right? Coming, anyone like coming to deliver an Amazon package could be a murderer. And I think it's specifically like, the slash the serial killer boom of like the 70s was so unsettling for that reason of like anyone could really be a serial killer and at the time like nobody locked their doors nobody was mm -hmm. concerned about that and so yeah. just all that kind of stuff is really frightening to think about because like nowadays we understand that like people are dangerous but back at this time samantha didn't know that it, like this was possible like no one thought that someone some random person was going to kill them besides i guess yeah. megan but like it wasn't... <laughs> megan was right but you know megan it's just one of right. those things of like of like you really just don't even realize that yeah. that your pizza delivery guy like you know the person delivering you pizza might not actually be not only that guy. right now there's yeah. this proliferation of deliveries of everything right your groceries mm -hmm. and whatever especially post-covid right like we just get because I'm older, so right? We never, yeah. my wife is still like, I'm not paying a delivery charge. I'll go pick it up, right? Yes. And so we're a little older, so we're safer mm -hmm. than that. <laughs> but yeah, it is, it's this thing, right? And again, this gets back to something I noticed in horror movies is how so much of it are just people not wanting to disrupt their normal patterns, right? Yeah. And that's what horror is, the destruction of status quo. Mm -hmm. And there is this idea that we just can't fathom the other people close to us, right? And she even says it, right? It's like, well, they must be normal. They have good paying jobs to have this fucking house, right? Yeah. This kind of auspice in front of money and politeness 
and whatever. You just can't fathom that someone who you're in this close of uh, proximity with has broken the social construct, right? Yeah. It's, it's almost impossible for us to accept even when it's staring us in the face. Yes. And I think that's like, <laughs> like looking at that nowadays, specifically with like COVID and people not wanting to wear masks and all that kind of thing. It really brings me back to like the zombie, the question of zombie movies of like, yeah, if there was a like national emergency that we could prevent, we're not going to prevent it if it causes us like to do anything outside of our norms. No, you know? well, it's it's kind of the thing I laugh about in the new Halloween franchise. I'm like, maybe just don't do Halloween anymore, it's right? Like, yeah. But every movie they're like, we're going to a party because we're not letting him win. And I'm like, all right. I mean, he's still sure. going to come kill someone, right? And I was yeah. like, because in my mind, I'm like, that's stupid. That wouldn't happen. And I was like, we literally yes, just went through we're this like, stupid. you can't tell me to not go to a fucking bar with no man. And it's like, well, all right, that's just who we are. That's no, I know. It's are, like, people. it's one of those things that like, <laughs> it, it's getting so much like, I'm, I'm understanding it so much more now when I watch these movies. Because before COVID, I was like, this is silly. Like, you know, if an, if an apocalypse came and, mm-hmm. you know, an, an infection broke out, like, the government would stop it. It would be fine. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, no. COVID was the total validation of the zombie movie character who hides his bite wound. Yes. Because every movie exactly. you're like, no, you wouldn't do exactly. that. You wouldn't. Ri-. And you're like, yeah, you would. And it's like, <laughs> are people is- going to work with COVID? Yeah, absolutely. Like, <laughs> yeah. COVID uh, showed um, us some things we weren't ready for, I think. <laughs> uh, but like this, I, I don't know, watching this, like watching this now being the same age as Samantha, I totally mm. got it because like. You know, going like I go whenever I go to new places or I get a new job or anything like that. Like I really noticed, I've been put in a lot of situations where, like, if the person I was with was a murderer, I I would be murdered. You know what I mean? Right. Like, <laughs> the writer's <laughs> mind running amok. Simply, simply <laughs> because I was like too polite and I didn't want to be mean, which is like something really hammered into yeah. all of us, but especially like young women. Mm-hmm. You know, you're taught that you can't ever like, especially like this older man who is like paying her $400 like she's not gonna be mean to him or not gonna be like hey it's really weird that you you know go like like stood me up and mm-hmm. it's really weird that you're having me take care of your grandma like she's not gonna be kind yeah. of obnoxious like Megan would so yeah. and maybe she should have been <laughs> maybe she should have been well right. exactly that's like you see a hair a tub you should just leave <laughs> You should just fucking leave, right? Like that's not a normal thing to find. I know. I was like, girl, just start walking. Yeah, get the <laughs> fuck out of there. Like, oh. Yeah. It's oh, and then I forgot about that other kind of sad thing is that she calls nine one one and just like, sorry, my bad, accident. Oh. No. And I think that's again, the thing, right? Yeah. This that's is another a pit one in the pendulum like, story. Yes. That's but it's like oh, another example of her just being like too nervous that people are going to get mad at her or like mm-hmm. that people are going to think she's being overdramatic or something. And it's, yeah, it's like, no, you were right. <laughs> Trust your gut. Like, exactly. Well, that's the thing, right? Megan comes from money so she can tell everyone to suck it. Mm-hmm. This is a chance for her to reestablish herself in a better way. Right. And yeah, this is a, because she doesn't have money and is desperate. She is a prime target to get abused. Right. Exactly. And they even talk about at the start, D Williams is like, you know, I can tell about you have a good nature. Right. Mm-hmm. This movie weaponizes her good and decent nature against her, right? Yeah. And it because that, that was kind of the the cliche back then, right? Was the these virginal women, you know, these virginal nice women just being accosted by all the horrors of the world. Mm-hmm. And in this one, you're like, God, if she had just had a little more Megan, or if she had just had that rent, yeah, she wouldn't have had to go through this, right? So mm-hmm. I thought that was a really cool insight into what those movies were as well. Yeah. And it's also like 
one of those things you think about like Megan is not like as far as female characters go Megan is someone that like mo- like men would hate like <laughs> she <laughs> like even Megan- says her boyfriend hates her no yeah like like <laughs> no like women are taught to not be like Megan and women are taught that if they do act like Megan that they're that like men are going to hate them and they're going to yeah. be alone their whole lives and whatever. And it's this really misogynistic viewpoint that like we really need to get away from. So I was really yeah. glad that it was kind of pointed out here that like, if you act the way that like a patriarchal society wants you to, where you are constantly like mm-hmm. letting people push you around and kind of uh, being like seen as an object or being seen as a pushover, like it's going to not end up being good for you. Like women need uh, like, women need to stop worrying so much about men's feelings and about, like, about <laughs> right. being nice all the time, especially when yeah. things are clearly going wrong. Like, mm-hmm. like it really is. And it's hard because when you're raised in a society that tells you like, you know, that you have to be perfect and nice all the time, mm-hmm. it's really difficult to like do anything other than that. So yeah. I really, I really sympathize with Samantha there because that's yeah. just a tough situation. I agree. It's that it's that kind of theory, right? Of like you don't want to be the shrieking, fire breathing mm-hmm. dragon woman, right? <laughs> and it is. It's kind. But it's maybe so you fucking do. Sad, right? Yeah. Again, like I'm a fucking guy, so like I don't. I've never had to go through that, right? Mm-hmm. Like it was never told to me. Like not as a guy, it's like you go fucking break down doors yeah. and you tell everyone that you're here. <laughs> it's like all right. It's like those football metaphors. It's how my dad raised me, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, put your head down and run over him. All right, I guess. Like that doesn't seem the most proactive, but. But it I is, don't know if it, that's a healthy yeah. way to be raised either. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he just like took my soccer ball. Like, it's not a big deal. <laughs> but, oh. it, but it is this. It's extra scary, though, if you think back on the way that so many women throughout time, and especially these horror movies, right, have been raised to you can never be yourself. Yeah. For fear of, you know, scaring everyone away. Right. That's that's yeah. a hideous kind of place to live in. I hope that as it gets older, Alex and I both pride on our pride ourselves on having wives that tell us to fuck off all the time. Good. Right. We chose good <laughs> partners because they don't put up with our shit. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's fucking sad, man. And it, that's not that long ago. Right. Like I was born mm-hmm. in the time this movie was taking place. And so not yeah. that far ago. Right. And honestly, you probably still have that stuff somewhere today. No. Yeah. Like I was st- I was raised like that, too. Like, yeah. You know, were you raised yeah, religious? Like- no, thank you. We were raised very religious and that's like a big part of it. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, it's one of those things where like, you know, if all of society is telling you to act a certain way, even if you know it's wrong, like there's really not, like it almost becomes so ingrained in you that you don't even like, you don't even think about it. So I'm sure Samantha was like, you know, there's something wrong with me. Like this is a normal situation, whatever. Like it'll be fine. Like I am in the wrong here, which is, Mm at least for a lot of women, like you always are going to think that you're doing something wrong before you'll think that like someone who's really wealthy with money, Mm -hmm. who's like paying you $400 to just house sit all day, like would be wrong, you know? Yeah. Well, also she's probably been through this and overcome it many Mm -hmm. times. She's like, ah, it's just another normal day. I think that if someone's paying you $400 for four hours, that should be a red flag now. You should fucking run. Mm -hmm. Um, So I want to get your take on, so the movie shifts, right? And she begin she's drugged by the pizza, right? And she she collapses, right? And we get this wonderful transition with like flickers of a candle and then these oh, images so of good. her in the pentagram. Yeah. And as it pulls back and we get the full view, there's just this gnarly fucking score moment and she's screaming. Um when we finally hit the precipice of what this movie has promised, what did you make of this moment of the movie? 
I think when I originally watched it, I was like, oh, that is scary. That is right. really good, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then, um, and I really liked the way that it sort of like revealed the the older couple, like mm -hmm. just how weird they were. And like, the mo we didn't else. talk about it, but that mom was horrifying. Oh, when yeah. she, she had like this kind of throwback Karen Black kind of vibe. Mm -hmm. And she was terrifying when she's like petting her hair and all that. Oh. That was so she she yeah. had like three seconds of screen time and she killed every one of them. Yeah. Like that was she took so, that screen time. <laughs> it was so good. Like, yeah. oh my God, it was amazing. But yeah, so I think that was a really it again felt very reminiscent of, you know, like an a classic horror film. Um, clearly went back to to the basics, but it did it so well and it was mm. so shocking and scary. Um, I really love it. Especially, yeah. like, I love that sequence with all the flickering where you're like, what's happening? What are they doing to her? Yeah. <laughs> so Even bad. revealing the truth, they're still slow playing us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, what did you think when you saw Grandma, the... The thing. Demon thing? Yeah, whatever the yeah. hell that creature was, right? It kind of had this um, bulbous kind of protrusions, right? Yeah. It looked a little like Eric Stoltz in Mask, right? It had that same kind of setup. Mm -hmm. um on the face so i didn't do you think this is a creature or do you think this is grandma who's gone a little too far into the dark arts what do you think, think this thing was originally i definitely thought it was grandma and like mm -hmm. this is the effects of satanism on her or something but right. just now i got the idea of like maybe this is what the baby would end up being because oh, like nice. like like maybe maybe you know every whatever 100 years or every time that the eclipse comes around this new baby is born and so that is essentially like what sam will be birthing at some point Jesus. does that make sense like i still yeah. think she's the grandma just like i don't know <laughs> like an auto renew payment payment right <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> like he's just coming no matter what but dude that scene was fucking terrifying because oh, again they're attacking really just, this like you were not expecting it because this is a movie that's paced itself and then they're like we're throwing all of that shit in in like this five minute segment yeah but yeah again they're just attacking that virginal woman thing right slowly pulling the clothes up and as the finger touches her you're like get the fuck off her drawing blood pentagrams and putting Ooh. blood and then making her drink the fucking blood um so that sick. scene i mean it, it just like glued me to the back of the couch i was like ah oh, god i just wanted to get out. i've been wanting to get out of this house the whole movie oh right but right. that scene especially is so fucking disgusting Oh. And then she makes a run for it and starts, you know, fighting back and takes mm -hmm. some of them out, right? It's really cathartic when she cuts that guy's throat. She's so, yeah. She's yeah. so good. What do you think is happening as she's seeing the grandma slash creature's face as she's trying to run? Oh, she's getting that, pos whatever possession or whatever demonic thing they did to her is definitely impacting her now. Like That's kind of what I thought too, right? Yeah. It was like the the demonic immaculate conception right yes, like exactly. forming inside of her <laughs> i thought that was awesome it's I'll so tell you, good. another low low-key amazing moment is when scary mom takes her wig off and is just begging the moon to talk to her yes Horrifying. <laughs> me talking to the moon so <laughs> true yeah i mean there's just this because she's about her son just died she's dragged this lady in who god knows what's happening to her or if she's still violent and she just stops. And it's this kind of scary moment of, is this her losing her resolve and what they're doing? Because her and the husband were kind of bickering earlier and like she didn't trust yeah. him. Is she cracking? Or is this a moment like, look what I've done for you? Either way, it's fucking 
it's kind of heartbreaking. Scary. Yeah. It's kind of heartbreaking, right? kind of like, I hate to say it, but like, I don't know. At least <laughs> I sort of felt bad for these old people because I was like, listen, like they, they lost their way, you know, like they something did. clearly went wrong here. And mm-hmm. I don't think that they're like necessarily horrible people. Like the guy seemed really nice. Today they're horrible people. Today yeah. they're horrible people. But Maybe like, they yeah. were just sad people, right? Sad people make yeah, other sad needed, people. Who knows? That needed help. Um, well, here's the fucking wild thing, right? This movie specifically puts a stamp on that they were right. Mm-hmm. That their beliefs are not poppycock, right? Like, I think a lot of religious movies, it's kind of like, That's ah, those thing. are weirdos and we don't know. They're fucking right. Yeah. And so you're sort of like, okay, well, all right. Like, we don't know how much, like, what else do they know? Like, maybe they did it for a reason. We don't know. You yeah, because there's that wonderful scene in the, the cemetery, right? Where Tom Noonan's just like, shoot me, I'm just the messenger, man. I yeah. don't care. Which is also kind of a pathetic state, right? Is I've done all these horrible things and I'm about to die, and you're like, I'm still a nobody, man. Like, yeah. you know, and this isn't the, uh, you know, I will rule by Satan's side. Exactly, and that's again, like, that's <laughs> another reason why I'm like, I hate to say that I don't hate this old couple. Like, they, you know, like I get they're 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 villains that I can like, I understand where they're coming from. Yeah. To enough that I'm like, okay, yeah. I'll give you I, We're this. with them on the road, and then we take yeah. a hard fork in the opposite <laughs> exactly, direction. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, but he, he says, right, is that she's been chosen. She'll carry this thing. I I would love your opinion. What did you make of the moment when she chooses to destroy herself rather than fight? I actually, I did not see that coming. No. And it still is... really is is somewhat upsetting to me. What did you make of that moment? I think that was the, that was like the first time that we see Samantha um, trusting her gut almost, Mm -hmm. you know, like it's the first time that she's like, that she's like, yeah, this, you know, no, like she's like, I'm not going (laughs) to, you know what, for once, I'm not going to play a part in whatever this is anymore. And she does the only thing she can, like, what else is she supposed to do? And I really wasn't expecting it. And when it happened, I was like, that's perfect. They, there was so much character development in like two seconds like her, yeah. her entire character changed but it, they did it so well i really liked mm-hmm. it he's like i'm not putting a crib in my brand new awesome apartment <laughs> <laughs> she's like no, yeah. no i would rather that, die yeah. than be a parent yeah <laughs> some days some days no i'm just kidding kids if you're listening to this older in the future i love you very much i'm just kidding uh i just it is such a I love the way you said that, right? That's the first moment where she just trusts her gut. Yeah. And she's not playing nice anymore. I think it's just a really cruel trick of the movie is that we put her in this spot where oh. to her that's – she just saw her friend without her face. She's running. She's committed murders. In that moment, though, instead of her having this kind of righteous cosmic justice, she has to pay the price for – For not I mean, trusting her gut. Yeah. I mean, I guess because she just took the money. That's her, you know, cardinal sin of the movie. But I don't know. It was really, it was heartbreaking. And not it in a is. bad way. It's just like, yeah. as an audience member, you're like, why are you doing this to me? Why? <laughs> right? Maybe, I wanted her maybe. to waste the guy and be like, ah, like cleanse herself in holy water. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Right? But it's like, there, <laughs> you really think about it and you're like, there's like what happened happened. And like, she could not have reversed it, you know? Right. Like, there's really nothing she could have done. And even, even when she kills herself, there's nothing she can do. So it's How like. How fucking scary is that yeah. last scene? Right. Even as she's killed herself and we don't know how much of her she still remains right? in the head, like in the fucking there's head. no surviving that unless, you know, you're saying my uncle did. Yeah, <laughs> no way. Yeah. My uncle tried to take his life 
and somehow it bounced back out of his eyeball, right? And then he went on to meet my aunt. They're married. They have a wonderful family, and he's happy as shit. Oh my god! And it was just amazing. like this, like glorious little like how lucky he was, yeah, to get out. And then he went on to have this wonderful life. He's an amazing well, guy. Shouts god. out Uncle oh Ken, god. yeah, if you're listening. Um, but see, unlike Uncle Ken, right, who's now out, like you know, living his best life, we don't know if Samantha's still in there. Right. Is this just her body feeding this thing or is she going to have to be awake Rosemary's baby style and help kind of, uh, you know, keep this child going, raise it? Mm -hmm. We have no idea what's happening. Like, will she be able to kill it? Like, is it if it's a demon? Can any of us kill it? We don't know. Yeah. Can she like because she obviously can't stop this. Yeah. So that I think that's also one of the scariest parts is like there's really nothing that she could have done. Yeah, well, I was wondering, too, if the creature inside is what was keeping her alive. Yeah, exactly. That, like, once it happened, but there is just this, it's it's just classic body horror, right? She's mm-hmm. lost all autonomy of herself, and she exists only to shepherd this evil, right? And the nurse is just like, you'll both be okay. It's like, God, no, she won't. We know she and, won't. <laughs> yeah, and the thing about it, too, is, yeah. like, what a, what a line. Because you just see her kind of, like, tap her stomach, and at first you're sort of like, that's weird and then you're like yeah oh my god you're not wrong because i guess i had forgotten that it was going to be this kind of birth thing i thought it was more of a possession yeah and when she taps exactly. the stomach you're like oh you're god like, oh, no. no yeah my <laughs> gut is so telling me this is not going well <laughs> yeah <No. laughs> it's so fucking scary though oh. and i think that's i i appreciate i love all kinds of horror movies right like on this month we've done frankenhooker and new year's evil we've done Tra- we've done like all kinds of Dude, like wait, you know you guys are doing frankenhooker Oh, we did, yeah. With our new friend Jessica Scott. I hope you guys love that. Excited. It's fucking I had never seen it. That movie movie. is fucking righteous. Oh yeah. (laughs) I told the story on the show, but my wife walked by as the hookers were blowing up. And she's like, What the fuck are you watching? And then she just (laughs) sat down and she's like, I have to finish this with you. I was like, Yes. Last year last year. I was like, You've never seen that? (laughs) There's really nothing like it. Um, Right. Last year in one of my classes, it was like the first day and we were introducing ourselves by what the last movie we'd watch was. And Hell yeah. I said Frankenhooker and my teacher made me explain the entire plot to my class. Yeah. And that was that was how we got to there know you. There you go. I did that once in my first screenwriting class as my professor was explaining something. I can't remember, right? Some screenwriting <laughs> technique. And I was like, oh, that's like in Waxwork too. And he goes, what? And I was like, oh, my bad. (laughs) You're like, oh, you're normal. I was like, I meant Forrest Gump. That's what I meant, right? (laughs) I meant Pulp Fiction. Yeah, but that one other guy in class was like, like he knew what I was talking about. And I was like, yeah, hell yeah, man. That's how you find your people. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, again, I like any kind of horror movie, but there's something about movies like this that feel lived in, right? Like a a reality that I can imagine. Like Frankenhooker is a hard one for me to place myself within the narrative of that film. (laughs) Yeah, I'm watching that more as like a, a 3D like Disneyland yeah. ride. Like, oh, this is awesome. You know, super crack, whatever. This one feels like something so real. And it, the, dr- it the really dread feels just like we're watching a real situation. It feels like you're kinda, watching it. And we're just kind of there like cringing because we can't do anything about it. Like, yeah, oh, oh. It, it just harkens back. I remember the time in my life when I was a kid and Columbine happened. And it was one of oh, those God. things like none of us could process like, wait, what? Like, yeah. you know shocking a time before we could imagine something like that right but i remember my mom running through my room and like looking through all my shit seeing if i had marilyn manson cds or the video game doom because that's what the news was saying right and that so 
Oh, yeah, for real. She's like, if you have those things, we got... Ah. She was, like, taking anything she thought had, like, bad influence. No, yeah. that's what the news was blaming, right? Is that they mm-hmm. liked Marilyn Manson in this video game Doom, where essentially you run through hell chainsawing and shotgunning demons. Sure. And if you look at it now, it's so cartoonish and, like, you know, ancient that... Whatever. Yeah, but back in those days, they were scared of horror. But movies. our parents legitimately thought that was a possibility, yeah. right? And so, hearkening back to this satanic panic, right? It was something else I kind of related to. Granted, mine was not anywhere near as extreme as this. I just lost a CD or two, right? <laughs> not a bad deal. <laughs> but it, it that that looming dread, which is I think the thing that yeah. most of us at our absolute core fear the most, right? They say that all of our fears are rooted in the fear of the unknown, right? This movie hammers that so specifically because we know that there's something devilish in the house, but they refuse to fucking play along and satiate us Mm -hmm. until the end and they just drop it all. Yeah. And you're just left like, I didn't even want that. Like, I wish I hadn't (laughs) seen that. (laughs) Well, yeah, that is almost like that is almost how it feels, because like when even in real life, like when you're trying to get to the bottom of certain things like Satanism or. Uh, like extremist religions that you don't understand mm-hmm. the only way that you really find out about them usually is some kind of big weird event like, <laughs> something like, really bad happened when something really <laughs> bad happens so it's like i don't know it's um it's really interesting and i think also like the portrayal of satanism is interesting because obviously that's not at all what satanism is like but then they don't satan- even delve into it at all no yeah. and, and and the satanic panic like movement was so interesting because like satanism is a religion like any other and so it was really it's not like people just sacrificing goats all the time like no but that was back when parents were coming for like D &D players like myself and this and that (laughs) that was another thing my parents were like you play D, don't you i was like no i don't i've never played that before (laughs) i don't know what that is um yeah my parents were like that's evil and i'm like here i am old as hell still playing D &D all the time you're like um well i'm an elf and i'm going around like yeah no yeah it's so it's so interesting what people choose to fear just because they don't understand it. And I mean, it's, it's like anything else where like just an unwillingness to like learn about something will really Mm. make anyone afraid of it. But it's, it's this just like looking back at that time. It's so crazy. It's so crazy. If if that doesn't speak to our modern moment, I don't know what does. I I just think this is a timeless kind of film. I feel like people are going to find this 50 years from now and be like, Holy shit. That movie's amazing. Um, cause it doesn't rely on special effects that'll be dated. No. It doesn't rely on anything outside of just, are what you afraid is. for this girl? Because you mm-hmm. and her don't know what's happening. And it's like, yeah, absolutely. I just, I thought it was an absolute powerhouse. It's incredible. I, I fucking love this movie. I was so happy to rewatch <laughs> it again. <laughs> All right. Would you, uh, one more time, like to tell everyone where they can find your stuff, uh, online. Sure. Um, you can find my blog at gorycory.com. That's gorycory with no ease. And you can find me um, on Instagram. We ain't got at- no time for ease. No. <laughs> um, you can find me on Instagram at underscore gorycory underscore. And you can find me on Twitter at gorycoryhorror. I am on Twitter all day long, always. So Same. Same. Yeah. It's a problem. It's an addiction, really. It really is, right? <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for making the time. This is an absolutely delightful thank conversation. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Absolutely. Open invitation to come back anytime you thank want with you. any movie. It doesn't even have to be a horror movie. Any movie, you let us know and we'll be there. You 
You sh you've made a mistake telling me that. You've made a grave mistake. I am not trusting my gut, and I'm saying let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We will see you tomorrow for yet another horror movie. 31 days, 31 pods. I hope you're having as much fun as we clearly are. Bye.